Good morning. This is day 123 of my revival talks here. And yesterday we talked a lot about, or last time I did this, I think it was, I don't know, a couple days ago. Um, just how this transition in, into the new era is so much different than previous ones because everything, is, we really are standing at the 11th hour and we're standing at the at the you know, the precipice of one of the greatest revivals the world's going to ever see, present continuous, right? And so the mandate um, from heaven is uh, very heavy on this. There's nothing that's going to stop what God's doing in that regard. Like he, he has real intentionality in terms of this revival and revival going and covering the earth. Many of us, because we've had, I'm just summing up real quickly a little bit from yesterday, because we've had these extended, protracted, uh, transition times in our life where we haven't really done the thing yet that we were created for, but we've done different pieces of it. And we're so we're seeing a, a place of convergence here, and it, it kind of lines up with the convergence of all the ages of the church as well. So everything is on the table. This is like the biggest birth delivery ever. And that what makes this one so different for us is we're in a different place for one. You know, because we've been through fire, 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 um, as messy as we've been, he still trusts us because he wasn't grading us on how we handled every place in the fire. For many of us, it was the fact that we were just still standing that made the difference, right? And so we're not graded on how messy the journey has been where he's looking, Jesus is looking at us as people who have been tried in the fire. These guys, we've been in the cauldron over and over and over again. And when you, when that happens in someone's life, the thing that God gets out of it is, is that we, we dig deeper. All of our religious stuff comes to nothing because everything we've built is all we want is what the thing that God's breathing on. And he's already pulled Egypt and the orphan out of us. So we're no longer victims looking at the things that come at us as something that God's doing to us, but rather a challenge for the God of the impossible. He's giving us scenarios, everything that we're doing now in fulfilling the dream that he's put in your DNA and my DNA that is actually emerging right now. Because some of us are feeling like you've got things emerging in you that you don't even know what it is yet, right? There's some surprise things in here because when we say, we just want your will, Lord, your will in terms of my destiny may have things in it that I've never considered. And that's why I say a lot that, you know, we, we're walking in unscripted, unfamiliar territory, which has been the goal all along. It's only when sometimes we have to be so profoundly disoriented and then we find God in the disorientation and we cling to him. But apart from that, we might never, because part of what the God does, he doesn't bring the storm, he doesn't bring the chaos the unholy chaos. But what he does do is he enters into that with us and we find him there in the middle. And that's the part that makes all the difference. That's the part that transitions me from a victim to someone who was victorious, living this thing out from a place of victory, already won all the way to the end. That makes sense. So the thing that's different is when we've emerged from that fire, we've emerged in a place where we can be trusted and things can be laid on our shoulders because the transition that he's prepared us for is an era, not the next job, 
not the next thing around the corner, not, you know, we're not just doing, we're not, we're not going through stages anymore. We've done that. Everything that's been built into your life and my life from before you were born has been part of the backstory, much like Joseph. He's woven this very beautiful, intricate backstory where there's been a lot of hell and a lot of in the cauldron, a lot of evil stuff has happened, etc. But then here we are. So there's a remnant that's still standing. And the other thing that he produced in the cauldron in us is the belief that he was good. You know, Bill Johnson talks about how, you know, like 90% of the problem with Christendom is that we don't believe God is good. So when you've had to walk with him in fire and in every kind of way, um, hold on. I'm going to make sure this light situation doesn't destroy this. Okay. If you've had to walk through fire um, all along the way and you've been tested in that fire, all right, this is the part where I turn on my lights and y'all look at my nostrils, then you're already have learned to trust in the God as a person. You know Jesus as a person and you have personal trust in him. Because for a generation that is very broken, um, trust is a key element, but we trust the God of the impossible and we trust that he's gonna be able to deliver the goods and we trust that what we're seeing in the unseen realm is more real than what's real. That's what God got out of the equation. That's just a little bit of what he got out of the equation. And your long transition period and my and the many places we've traveled in that, that's one of the main things he got out of it. He's, he changed our theology from a victim theology that looks at everything that God is doing something to me to a place into a place of opportunity where we see every challenge as an opportunity for the God of the impossible to come through. And we're all in that same place. You know, I was listening to Sean Baltz last night, and it was like, if your dream is like anything that you can accomplish, it's probably not big enough. If your dream involves something that only God can do, that's what he's into. This is an only God can do era, where we are walking as manifestations of Holy Spirit. We are a walking revival. We are not waiting on God anymore. He is waiting on us to walk with what's in us. It's already in us. It's already been formed in us. The dream, the mandate, the destiny piece has already been formed. And so what we're experiencing in, our, in the natural and supernatural is we're seeing something that has been birthed in us begin to we could feel something is there. We know there's something there and like it's, there are things in here that are gonna be surprises for us because our trajectory is not normal, okay? Our trajectory is like leap years, okay? We're doing, God's doing in condensed, redeemed time. He's doing in a month what would take 10 years. And he's been preparing the landscape of our heart for the landscape that we're walking into now. The big difference between that and every other landscape is that this one is huge. It is the landscape of landscapes. It's the place that we had to be tried in the fire. We had to get the orphan out. We had to get Egypt out. We had to, it does, and, and like I said before, we were really messy in the process. That's not the part he's looking at. Because we've been tried in that cauldron, essentially 
He knows that he can trust us. And because we trust in the God of the impossible and not in the outcome, and we're not bound by religion or bound by a theology that this says that God does what we want or that we just hear God's voice but go and do what we want to do, the place he's brought us to even spiritually because we've had to dig so deep in those seasons where it felt like we were in a wilderness for like, you know, most of our life or in prison like Joseph, you know, he's built something into us that is very strong, that sets our faces like flint, that puts iron and steel in our soul. He knows that we're essentially immovable, okay? He knows that we have been walking with him through fire, fire, fire in such a way that we are not thrown off by a challenge or by an enemy. When we see a Goliath, we pull out that stone and we're ready to roll even if I've never used the slingshot before. So some of the things that God's bringing us into, and this is why he can trust us with it too. He's bringing us into something, some of the things you thought you were about, you're not necessarily about in the same way. You might come into something that you have zero credentials for, you have no idea how it will happen, and it calls on a skill set or anything, something in you that you've not used before. For example, if you're somebody who's never spoke before people before, well, probably he's going to pull that out of you. He's been crafting our dream from the beginning. The dream that is in you is the dream that is in him because we're one with him. And so the struggle right now, as we come into the era, we have crossed over. The struggle is some of us are experiencing some resistance. And I just want to say, don't give in to the resistance. This is the time to stand and keep standing because what he's going to do, he's going to do. He is going to move as the God of the impossible. He's going to break out. People are going to be migrating and moving and all kind of things moving and shaking everywhere. And this is the place where he's bringing us into the very dream of a lifetime, bringing us into the place where we were, um, we do the thing that we were created to do. This is what convergence is all about, is us coming into this place that we were made for right now for such a time as this. And because his mandate on it is so heavy, he's not going to let it fall. You're not going to screw this one up because he's all over it with us. It, we didn't get here on our own. It was grace that got us here. And those of us that have walked in those cauldrons, etc., we know that if it had to do with us, we would have been gone a long time ago. So literally, grace has sustained us. And that's another part of why he can actually trust us. Because we know where our strength comes from. We're not going to build a religious edifice in the sky this time around because we've already discovered that religion and dead works don't touch anything. And everybody that I talk to, my wife and I talk to, are living in this very same place. They're looking at the last 20 years plus of their life and they're evaluating things. They're, look, you know, they're kind of looking back and, and they, they realize that in that place, that's the place of our wilderness, our prison, et cetera. We got put to death over and over again, right? And we're looking back at that, but we're looking back at it in a different way. This 
The way we're looking back at it now is we can actually see that God has been weaving the tapestry of our lives together for this moment. This is not a time to live in a place of regret because God has used everything and wasted nothing in the journey. So everything that got woven into you is part of the fabric of your heart now. And that fabric is like mithril. <laughs> you know that vest that Frodo wore that was steel, that was impenetrable? And the enemy at the place of our greatest transition into this era is throwing some last minute, you know, crazy resistance at us because he wants to bring us into the place where we think that it, this is another year where it's not gonna happen. He wants to play into our previous hope deferred seasons. He wants to pre play into the trauma of the past because all he can do at this juncture is try to ignite some sort of fear in us that would get us off the mark of listening to Holy Spirit and believing and standing and declaring and decreeing what it is we wanna see in the planet, in the dream, in our lives and in our kids' lives. This is not a place to back down, just stand and keep standing. Having done everything, stand, because it is going to happen. We talked yesterday about how you don't get to the point of transition in a birth and not have a baby. Now the outcomes could change in that place and you could have a few twisted turns if you gotta have an emergency C-section or you gotta have something, uh, some sort of extra help to deliver that baby. It's not in that place of transition, things are the messiest because it could go a lot of different directions. But here's what I feel like he wants us to do. I feel like he's saying, trust me, trust me. We've walked all this time together and I've learned that even in all of your mess, I can trust you because you didn't yield to the religious idols. You didn't quit along the way. You didn't, you didn't just completely lay down and you're here. And so I feel like the exhortation is just trust that everything that you know that has been prophesied, every promise that you're standing on, it is going to happen. This is last ditch smokescreen for the enemy. I don't think he knows everything about our lives, but I think he knows that in this new era, there is an aspect of untouchability that he is not going to be able to touch as God manifests the dream and the mandate on us begins to materialize right in front of us. He knows that this era is, is that kind of error, right? I'm not gonna give him a whole lot of credit here because he also knows that he's defeated and it really has him scrambling. It's kind of, it's kind of like people scrambling in the news today as they know things are coming out of them, right? <clears throat> so he's throwing every accusation, every lie at us. But I got brought back to this word, and there's one word and a song that my wife had um, several months back, which is very appropriate today as well. But this is from Ezekiel 12. He says, Son of man, what is the proverb that you have in the land of Israel? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. That was our previous season. We looked at everything and we said, the days go by where every vision comes to nothing, right? Because he wants to draw you back into the place of your greatest discouragement and disappointment. And he's lying to you and saying, this is not that. This is not 
This thing, this error that we're in is not the thing that you're getting. You're not getting the goodness and the wild adventure of a lifetime. You're not coming into convergence. You're not converging at the same time with all the ages of the church converging. You're not coming in to do the thing that you were created to do. He is throwing every kind of lie at us that he can. So we just tell him to shut up. Sometimes he just needs that. And so in this, he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to put an end to this proverb. So he's saying the proverb that says, sorry, if I could get these lights off the timer, I'd be so happy. Um, the proverb in, in Israel at that time was that these visions essentially don't ever come to pass. That was our previous life. Every year, I didn't want to look at prophetic forecasts because I'm like, right, 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 right. I've been waiting. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. He's in the waiting. There's a song in there. And it's like we got tired of contending from a place of disappointment and discouragement. And yet we were still contending. We were still standing. That's why he trusts us. So he says, I'm going to put an end to that. He said, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. I'm saying the days are here when every vision will be fulfilled. For there will be no more false visions, flattering divinations among the people. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will. He's speaking. Listen, just listen. Because the direction and everything you want to come into that place of, the, of, the, of tsunami breakthrough is in his still small voice. And his still small voice still has the power to pierce every lie of the devil. He said, I will speak. It'll be fulfilled, he says, there'll be no more false visions, but I, the Lord, will speak what I will, and it shall be fulfilled without delay. For in your days, you rebellious people, I will fulfill whatever I says, declares the Lord. And he goes on down, he says in verse 28, this is Ezekiel 12, say this to them. This is what the sovereign Lord says. None of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled declares the sovereign Lord. And I want to say that because we're seated with him and we are co-heirs with him. I'm going to add this. Whatever you say isn't going to fall to the ground. This is the time to use our mouth. This is the decade of the mouth. Keep framing up the reality that you want to walk into, the reality that matches the destiny that's been in your heart forever. Frame it up with your mouth and don't look back and don't for a second believe that any resistance you're feeling right now is something that God is messing with the plan. I'm telling you, the mandate is heavy. He's into this more than you are and he's moving heaven and earth right now to bring us into that place of believing him for the biggest things and the largest things. We are going from years in the prison to coming out of prison like Joseph, and we're looking at our launch, okay? And our launch, he went from obscurity to the ruler of the land just like that. And I'm saying to you and me that right now, there are things that will happen just like that that are going to catapult us into things that we will most likely not be prepared for, most likely will not feel like we can do. But because he's, we've, he trusts us, because we kept standing and we kept moving forward, even though we were leveled and decimated along the way, we did come to believe that he's good. We did come out of our orphan mentality and we, that we don't see God as 
somebody who's victimizing us. We see the challenge as the God of the impossible rising up and giving opportunity to give glory to God in the process. No one's going to steal his glory and he is going to get his inheritance and his inheritance is going to be worked in and through you and me to reconcile all things. All things are being reconciled and it is happening at uber light radical speed. Redeemed time means time gets thick. It gets rich. It gets more powerful. It means that God does things that have normally taken us forever. What he's doing now is taking place in minutes and hours and days. And so don't give up at this juncture because you see some resistance on the, on the horizon. He knows he's defeated. He's trying, the enemy is trying so much to get you to retreat back into Egypt and to believe that this is that again. And it is not that. Never again, the Lord promised me years ago, will the waters of destruction come in the same way that they have come at you. In other words, he was saying, not that you won't have a challenge, but he was saying, you're not going to get taken out. It, he's into you not taking out. You're not going to miss it. As long as our ears are tuned to Holy Spirit and our eyes are fixed on Jesus, the storm is irrelevant because the storm is not what's in the unseen real. Every provision is in the unseen real. Every dream is in the unseen real. Every prodigal coming home is in the unseen real. This is the training and the place that we're walking where we know and we believe that what we are declaring and decreeing and what we are seeing in the unseen is more real than what you're seeing in front of us. One encounter, people can flip. A nation can turn in a day. I'm telling you, because he's not grading us on how well we made it through the many years of transition. That is not a, that's a dysfunctional God. He's a good God and he's going to give you more than what you could ever imagine. And he's not looking at any past mistake as a barometer. He's not an earthly dysfunctional father who's going to punish you. He's going to give you things and promote you even when you don't even think that you deserve it. Even though you think that you can't handle it. He doesn't wait to bless you until you get it right. That's dysfunctional. He blesses us and promotes us even while we are in the midst of the struggle and we aren't getting it all right. So blessings. Um, enjoy that. Share it. Um, it's been fun. Love to hear your comments. Always love to hear your comments. Blessings.